Tabitha Keg Daily is live for Thursday. It is October 26th. We are doing the Wisconsin Sports Betting Preview. We have a loaded program. We're going to talk about the Green Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to also talk about the Wisconsin Badgers and the Ohio State Buckeyes. And on top of that, we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers as that game is going on tonight. So we'll get in all of those games for you. We're going to also have some conversation about not betting against your teams. That is going to be a PSA to start this program, and we will get into it. But before we do, social media, you know the deal. Tabby the Keg on Twitter, Tabby the Keg Sports, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You, we, had a, we had a huge TikTok uh, yesterday when we did the stat about the fact that the Brewers are the team that allows everybody to go into the World Series. Uh, there was a lot of debate between if it's a curse or a blessing. I want to talk this out with our good friend Mitch Ross. I, actually, I'll probably do it. I might do it at the end of this program. So, so, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, we're like at 12.5, I believe, on TikTok. Uh, so we'll review back in session now. Uh, definitely on TikTok, definitely on Twitter. Uh, so I do not know about Instagram. Instagram, dude, so hard. Like, I, I hate Instagram. But that's another story for another time. All right, if you're already on the socials or you're not a part of social or you heard about our podcast because you've just started following along, we are Tabby the Keg Sports. We do podcasts four days a week. Uh, I do three solo shows and then once a week, I hop on with my guy Mitch. Every now and again, I hop on with my guy Shit Ken. It's more of a monthly thing. So we have guests come in and out, but usually they are homegrown guests. Uh, at t- I think there's always a hope maybe we'll we'll go outside the circle uh, for some people, but you never know. Uh, I like I like our little family we got here. Uh, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, where wherever else you get your podcast, we are there for you. If we're not where you listen to podcasts, please. Let me know on any of the socials. I will look into it and make sure our podcast is there. All right, let's get down to business and talk about the betting preview for the weekend. Not so much for the Milwaukee Bucks, but I need to get a PSA out for those who might be wagering on the Wisconsin-Ohio State game or the Vikings-Packers game, and you're thinking about betting on the opposition. You are doing this because the team's are either in a situation where it does not look good in terms of Wisconsin, as they are a 14 and a half point underdog to Ohio State, or you are given up on the Packer season. You have canceled the Packer season. First of all, I, I want you to know that if you do this and you bet against your own team, you are no longer a fan of the team. I hate the gatekeep. I hate to be the gatekeeper. But betting against your own team is absolutely fucking loser behavior. It just is, all right? I will welcome anybody on this show that wants to disagree with me. I, I, I won't hear it. Because in my opinion, you are a sports fan first. You are a fan of your team first. And fuck your bets. Like, I don't want to win money and my team loses. Like, that does not make me feel good. I realize that some people... That makes them feel good. But you're a gambler then. You're not a, you're not a fan of the team. I'm sorry. That's just not how it works. Like, I, I just totally, wholeheartedly disagree with it. Like, I hate when Bill Simmons, who has had a lot of run on this podcast recently, but he talks about betting against the Patriots, and I hate that. I'm like, dude, that's your team. Like, do you have to bet on your team? No. 
if the Packers continue to get worse and worse this season, am I going to tell you to stay away and just find something else? Yeah, probably. We'll look for other angles. We'll look for other opportunities. But we're probably not going to bet the Packers on the spread if the Packers continue to struggle or Packers have a bunch of injuries. But I will never, ever tell you to bet against your team because I just don't believe in it. I think you're a sports fan first. And I don't. I just don't like it. I, I really, really don't. I'm not a fan of it. I know some who do it. Like I said, it's just, it's not my bag. And I like talking about it because I think it's interesting. I think there are a lot of people who do wager on the two teams. And I understand that it might be hard to wager right now on the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers have probably lost you a lot of money in the last few weeks, right? Whether it was laying it down for the Raiders game or laying it down for the Broncos game or laying it down for the Lions game. It has been a rough three weeks. So I can understand being like, oh, I'll go bet on the Vikings because the Packers are going to lose again. Or I think the Packers are going to lose again. It, it also is the fucking Vikings. It's East Dakota. Like we're not talking about the Atlanta Falcons or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the fucking Los Angeles Rams next week. We're talking about the Vikings. You are betting on the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Green Bay Packers. That is what you're doing. Inside Lambeau Field, mind you. That is what you're doing, right? I just can't do, I can't be a part of that. I can't contribute to that. Ohio State, it, it's a little different. It's still, it's kind of the same, a big rival of Wisconsin. But it, it's different, obviously, because it's 14 points, right? It's, it, it's, a, it's not necessarily a toss-up game. Like, you could bet Ohio State to win your, you could bet Ohio State money line, Right. And the Badgers still cover. Now, that would be totally stupid, but I bet there would be people who might do that. Or you put Ohio State in a money line parlay. That's probably more, that's a better example, right? You look for like three or four teams that make sense. You say, all right, Ohio State's going to win, and, but maybe the Badgers cover. And you try to hedge it out that way. I, I still don't like that. I still don't feel like that is being a sports fan. I feel that that's being a gambler. That's not necessarily enjoying the sport that you cheer for. Now, if you're a Marquette fan and you want to see Wisconsin's demise, go ahead. Go lay the 14. Go have a great time with it. But if you're a Badger fan, there's no reason that you should be betting against your team. And that's just something that I, I really think that we have to keep in mind before we talk about these lines. I, I will caveat that if you want to you want to bet a prop and you want to say, all right, I'm going to... I'm going to take Jordan Addison's over in receiving yards because rookie wide receiver, rookie Viking wide receivers against Packers have a thing thing about them. Okay, that's fine. I don't I don't actually have a problem with that because could it contribute to the Packers losing the game? Yeah, but could Jordan Addison go off and the Packers still win? Yeah, for sure. Could do you want to bet anytime touchdowns for the Vikings? Yeah, if you think Addison's going to score or you think Hawkinson is going to get in the end zone. I know he missed uh, practice yesterday. But like still, like that that I do not have a problem with. That that part I I don't take a, a huge issue with. Uh, I, I just think that's a totally different ballgame because again, their one their one touchdown's probably not gonna impact the game. Now, if Hawkinson catches the game winning touchdown, you're gonna kind of feel like a dickhead being like, well, I guess I want money, but the Packers lost. I don't know. It's just again, it's that weird feeling, right? It's like you're not necessarily caring about your team anymore. So I had to get that out. Uh, that's like a PSA before we get started. Uh, like it's like a PBS show 
But for gamblers and me just telling you guys like, hey, don't be too much of a degenerate this weekend. And I know it's, it's, it's a big weekend, right? Like with all the stuff going on, I've been looking forward to this weekend. I think it's lost a little bit of luster given the fact the Badgers aren't as good, given the fact the Packers aren't as good. Uh, the Bucks obviously are, and that's you know gonna kick us off tonight. But it, it would have been a lot more fun had these teams been better because that was just this abs- – it's still a banger of the weekend. Like, it's still an awesome sports weekend. Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. You have all this going on. You have the World Series starting on Friday. You have – what else is happening? Oh, basketball. I mean, basketball's in session, right? Bucks have another game on Sunday against the Hawks. So it's like there, there's a lot happening right now. In this, I think the sports equinox is on Sunday. I want to say maybe Saturday. No, is it Saturday where all the sports are going at once? No, I actually I don't know if the sports equinox is gonna happen because there won't be NFL. And let's see, the World Series is Friday, Saturday, and then they're off Sunday. They don't want to even compete with football, hilarious. Uh, and then they have a game on Monday, so maybe the sports equinox is on Monday. You get all the games going at the same time, uh, but yeah, it's. It's an awesome time, man. And this is a fun weekend, obviously, with Halloween. You guys stay safe. Uh, go visit Shea Cannon on his birthday uh, tomorrow. He'll probably get a birthday shout-out again on, on Friday. But he's at Brothers, so go check that out. Brothers, great spot. Um, if you're older like I am, probably not the place for you on Halloween. You'd look like a weird guy. But, you know, if you found your way there, uh, you know, I'm not going to hate on you. I'm not going to shame you for it. Just say you're visiting your buddy Shaken. That's what I tell my wife all the time. You know, it works. All right, let's get going. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers against the Minnesota Vikings. The Green Bay Packers come into this game favored or underdog by one point to the Minnesota Vikings. The over-under is set at 42. Did you know that the Minnesota Vikings are four are six and one to the under? That is per Evan Abrams, who we are gonna lean on. A lot because Mr. Abrams has some great nuggets uh, to share. So I am going to share those momentarily. But the the Packer Viking rivalry we remember last year, the Green Bay Packers absolutely shit pumped this team at home. It looked like the Green Bay Packers were well on their way to making the playoffs. They were getting hot at the right time, and maybe I should have known after getting the flu immediately after that game that it would just not, it wasn't working out for me in 2023. Maybe that's, I should have took that as a sign that the Viking, this was not going to go well. Packers won 41 to 17 that night. They were three and a half point favorites uh, the last time they entered Lambeau Field. The Packers also disposed of the Vikings in another January game. So this is the first time in a while that the Vikings are playing before January at Lambeau Field where they won 37 to 10. Remember, Kirk Cousins did not play in that game. And then in 2020, they did beat the Packers. Remember, that was a win bowl. Alex Kemp, who was the awful ref we had last week, ref that game. And that was the first time I was exposed to Alex Kemp. Packers lost 28 to 26. Uh, that was off a bye, I believe. And Matt LaFleur's weird thing about Daylight Savings Time. He, he like, is one of the worst coaches on Daylight Savings Time. It is very weird. It is a pretty much a known stat, I believe, that Matt LaFleur just cannot win on Daylight Savings Time. That actually, you know, we talk about the Brewers curse. Like, Matt, Matt LaFleur has a Daylight Savings Time curse, uh, which we'll talk about next week in greater detail when they play the Rams. Uh, but... As for the Green Bay Packers, they are one-point dogs. They are, again, an underdog at Lambeau Field. This is the third straight time that they are going to be an underdog at Lambeau Field. Uh, I do not expect this line to flip. Uh, the Packers were favored uh, before Monday night. 
Uh, this is the public reacting to the Minnesota Vikings laying the smackdown on the San Francisco 49ers uh, after a very impressive win. I, I can't discount what the Vikings did. We talked about it a little bit on Tuesday's podcast, but at playing the Vikings or playing the 49ers, excuse me, is usually a death sentence for the next week. This again from Mr. Abrams, who is betting guide on Action Network. Look up his name, Evan Abrams, Action Network. It's great. It's, it's a lot of data, right? So you can overwhelm yourself, but sometimes it leads you to the right team. And I actually think the data leads you to the Green Bay Packers before we even just talk about the you know, granular stuff, the in-game stuff. But teams after the playing the 49ers are 14 and nine, 419 straight up, five and 16 and two against the spread since last season. If you extrapolate it to 2020, it's 22 and 34 against the spread and 19 and 39 straight up. Kirk Cousins is two and seven against the spread in his last nine starts on short rest. He's five and eight overall with short rest against the Vikings. The Vikings won as underdogs, as you remember, last week, and now they're on the road for short rests. A team that's coming off a straight-up win as a dog who are then on the road for a short rest are 28 and 68, 29% in the last 20 years. That is 7% higher when it comes to all rest situations. So basically what we are saying Oh, and uh, let me just finish with this. Kirk Cousins, 12 and 18 in toss-up games where the spread is in that sort of one to pick them to plus one game scenario. All the trends point you to the Green Bay Packers. Point you to the Green Bay Packers winning this football game. And I realize that trends are not everything. Trends are meant to be broken. Kirk does have a couple wins again against rest. There are five teams that have won against the San Francisco 49ers since, you know, the inception of, you know, the the sort of the rough and tumble Niners. That said, this seems like an ample opportunity for the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are catching the Minnesota Vikings at the perfect time. I realize that the Minnesota Vikings are ascending or as it seems with their team, just in the fact that, all right, couple more weeks with Kirk Cousins and Jordan Addison. It's the defense is starting to look good, starting to find their rhythm with Brian Flores. But what you discount is the fact that playing the San Francisco 49ers is like sticking your dick through a pile of glass. It is not fun. No one has a good time and you are beat up and you are bumped and you are bruised and they are coming in here battered. This this was a war on Monday night and now they're coming in to fight yet another war with the Green Bay Packers. That is very advantageous to the Green Bay Packers. More advantageous also from Abrams, which is a very quirky stat, I will admit. Teams after playing in Denver, 21, 11, and 12 with the, against the spread numbers. That's pretty fucking good. I don't know what it is about after you get done playing in Denver, you're back to normal air. Uh, it feels good. But yeah, that's another sign towards the Packers. And I do think that they are set up for success. Now, can they take advantage of it? I think Green Bay needs to just let it rip in the first first half. I think Green Bay just needs to say, all right, enough of this conservative bullshit, enough of the Ted Cruz playbook. We are going to go out there and let it fucking hang. And we're going to do what we usually do in the second half. And we're going to have ourselves a day. Now, could that lead to more mistakes? Absolutely. Jordan Love's a gunslinger. 
There, Jordan Love makes dumb Favre-like plays. Uh, Aaron Nagler pointed that out on a radio program earlier this week where he's like, it reminds you of early Favre. And I meant to go look at early Favre box scores because I was kind of curious just to see, like, if, if I look at Love's box scores and I look at Favre's box scores, are I seeing similarities? Uh, but I didn't. I did not do that, so I apologize for not having that data behind me. But yeah, he's a gunslinger. He's, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to learn from those mistakes. He's going to understand not to do those mistakes again. He's going to force balls in there that he absolutely should not throw in there. The Minnesota Vikings blitz like crazy. Jordan Love has not been able to handle the blitz. But I, I do think that there is a there's something about being able to understand the blitz is coming that Love will know, right? You're going to know out the gates right away. This team's blitzing. This team is going to send the house. How do we react to that instead of it being a surprise? Yeah, the blitz could be coming from all angles, but at least you know, like, hey, they're fucking blitzing. And I don't, I, I kind of don't want to hear the Jordan Love apologist if he struggles against the blitz this week, because you know it's fucking coming. This is not a new side. Like he blitzes 81% of the time. So Jordan Love has to be ready for that. How the Packers are ready for that, I'm unsure. But I would expect the Packers to have a spirited first half effort. I don't know if I'd want to lay what probably a half point for the Packers in the first half, but it might be an interesting pivot play to just expect, A, the Packers are going to be ready to play in the first half after all their struggles, and B, the Vikings are still licking their wounds and it might take them a little while to wake up. I, I do think that the Packers should be prepared for this game. And if you win your three and four with two wins against your division, it's pretty good. That's not bad. Two and one divisional record, everything else. And you're back at the friendly confines of Lambeau. The pressure of playing at Lambeau should be off of Jordan Love by now. He's played there twice. I think you need more Dontravian Wicks in the lineup. Uh, I will see about Musgrave. They have a, a few other injuries to obviously pay attention to. I think Jair was back in practice yesterday. Devondre Campbell's back, which would be a massive lift. Even though the Vikings aren't really running the football, I think having Campbell out there with Hawkinson, who I know missed practice yesterday, still would be big. I expect Hawkinson to play. He's a beast. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see. And yeah, I, I like the Packers. I will pick the Packers to cover the spread. I, I think even without the trends, I like the Packers in this spot. I think we talked about it a little bit on Tabby the Keg where I was just like, all right, it is, you get them on a short west against 49ers and they're coming to Lambeau. It's not like they're staying home. And they're, yeah, they're going to be feeling their bumps and bruises all game long. And I think that the Packers, it's a must win. Your back's against the wall. And I think there's a lot of teams that you can look at this weekend and you say, whose back is against the wall and needs a win? This is kind of a must win Sunday for certain teams. And I think it's a must win for the Packers because if they win this game, Three and four, you're absolutely fine. You're in the mix. You lose this game, you're probably thinking about trading some guys. And you're probably listening to a couple guys in terms of trade trade rumors because you can't necessarily just be, all right, we're two and five and we can find our way back. Yeah, it's do or die time for them. I think, you know, to kind of continue on with that, what's weird is they're starting Will Levis and they traded Kevin Bird. So I, I think they're kind of done is the Tennessee Titans, but we've known not to kind of doubt the Titans. I think the Giants are in that sort of same scenario. They're two and five already, but if they go to three and five and they've won two straight games plus a spirited effort against the Bills and they beat 
a Jets team that they have kind of a weird rivalry with after that preseason game. Like all of a sudden the Giants are kind of back, kind of have found life again. Uh, I would say Commanders maybe, even though they're three and four, I think the Commanders have like a a shot to, to like convince ownership not to trade anybody away. I think the Panthers, weirdly enough, at 0-6, you're at home against the Houston, uh, upstart Houston Texans team. You've had two weeks to prepare for them. Like I, I think this is a do-or-die scenario for them, not necessarily in terms of getting hot at the right time, but you don't have a pick in the first round. There's no reason to tank, and I think it is go time for them. I weirdly think it's go time for the Denver Broncos who are at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Denver Broncos win, all of a sudden you're three and five, and things things have been trying. You just saw this Chiefs team last week. Like, what makes you think you can't necessarily beat them again? Uh, Bengals, no, nah, I don't think so. In that, Chargers, absolutely, you gotta take care of business against a bad Bears team, and maybe a little do or die for the Raiders. But yeah, I, so like there are obviously, I, I think the Packers probably rank honestly the highest, and maybe that's my bias showing. But I, I just think that it's such a Giants might be right there with Packers, actually, if we're, if we're thinking about it. But yeah, the Packers are three and four. Then they have the quote unquote proverbial tiebreaker against the Minnesota Vikings. And they have another home game the following week. And they play a Rams team that will be coming off playing the Cowboys, that will be going with back to back road games, back to back 12 noon, noontime games. Like that, they have a shot here to get themselves back to 500. I thought. What Aaron Rodgers said about just sort of the overreactions every week and how it's bullshit and and all this other stuff. And he he said it way more eloquently than I just did. And Rodgers, I don't know if any sort of media network will take a chance on Aaron Rodgers. Like if honestly, if I, this is gonna sound very weird, but if I was Fox News, I would give Aaron Rodgers a weekly sports show after he retires because they would let Rodgers kind of say what he wants. They let him politicize and talk the back shit and do do all this other shit. But he's also extremely insightful. He's also extremely smart about a lot of things. And like his commentary around like, it's a week to week league and we can't overreact. And it's so bullshit that they jump down people's throats. And they don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. And he's right. Like we do not have any patience as fans. And it's gotten worse and as social media has gotten bigger and larger and reaction culture, which I'm totally a part of, I'm not gonna lie to you, is there. Like me saying I'm out of answers for this team after Packers lost to Denver, it while it was frustrating, it's like, okay, I I need to try to do a better job of seeing the positives. And I don't know, I think this this team has tested me a lot so far this year. And Hopefully it's get better, but you know, you know, we'll we'll just see. Um, I I think this is a do or die for the pack, and I think they come on top, come out on top. Uh, as for the over under, I'm staying away. Uh, it's 42. As I said, the Vikings are six and one to the under. The Packers have been an under team this year. 42 just seems like not a ton of points. That's a pretty low number for Packers Vikings. Uh, I I could see that defensive struggle. I would lean under. But I'm not taking it. I don't. I don't feel good about it. Uh, that's six touchdowns. Like e- you could easily see six touchdowns in this game, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna risk that one. So I'm staying away. All right, let's move on to the Wisconsin Badgers against the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Wisconsin Badgers come in as a 14 and a half point underdog to the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Ohio State Buckeyes are coming off a major win 
against the Penn State and the Lions. Uh, Ohio State will be potentially in the top four of the college football playoff rankings, which come out on Tuesday night. So we'll have to see about that. And Ohio State will want to keep this thing rolling. But this is a very tough game for Ohio State for a variety of reasons. Number one, you earned a lot of people's respect after you beat Penn State. The Notre Dame win, while impressive, everybody was laughing at Ryan Day. And the excuse afterwards was, well, you needed a last second touchdown to win that game. And kind of discredited and shit a little bit on Ohio State. Then they absolutely pulverized Penn State. I realize it's 20 to 12, but that game was a blowout from Jump Street. Ohio State was clearly the better team with Maserati Marv, aka Marvin Harrison, leading the way and absolutely owning Penn State. And I, that defense at Ohio State is as good as I, I can remember it. I have not seen an Ohio State defense this good in a very long time. It's been their issue for so so much so many years, and now it's not. And Jim Knowles really has that defense playing well. But now they have to try to keep all the hype, everything in, and go to Wisconsin and play against the Badgers at Camp Randall on Saturday night, on Halloween Saturday. And for those who know, and I'm sure a lot of you do listen, Halloween Saturday night is a big fucking deal at Madison. So to say that crowd will be drunk will be an absolute understatement. That crowd is going to be on absolute fire. Wisconsin kind of has their own momentum going after a inspiring win against Illinois, where they were down by two touchdowns. They fought all the way back. They won it on a tackle eligible play. A fired up Luke Fickle in the locker room. A signature win for Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle now facing Ohio State his alma mater, a team he has very much familiarity with, Mike Tressel, his defensive coordinator. I actually don't think he's Jim's son. I think he's his nephew, if I'm not mistaken, but you'll hear that on the broadcast a lot. Uh, so there is a lot of ties between this Wisconsin program and Ohio State. And Wisconsin is looking to keep pace in the Big Ten West as they now are the leaders with Iowa having two losses after getting robbed against Minnesota. And Wisconsin can keep that, that lead if they stun the Buckeyes. And now what's been very interesting about this college football season is none of the top dogs have went down. It's why this end of the year can be absolutely bananas. Bud Elliott of uh, CBS Sports and 24-7 has pointed this out. But look at this right now. Georgia, 7-0. Michigan, 8-0. Ohio State, 7-0. Florida State, also 7-0. Washington, 7-0. Oklahoma, 7-0. Texas, 6-1. Oregon, 6-1. Alabama, 7-1. Penn State, 6-1. Oregon State is up to 11. 6-1. Old Miss, 6-1. Utah, 6-1. And then Notre Dame is 6-2. And, and they are the first 6-2 team at 14 along with LSU. But then if you go down, Missouri, North Carolina, and Louisville are all one-loss teams hanging out in the top 25. And then Air Force is another undefeated team in the non-Power 5 category. If you're doing the math at home here, that means that we've had 17 teams who have either one loss or are unbeaten at this point of this, actually 18, 
that are unbeaten at this point. No, I had it right, 17, sorry. But that's crazy. That's absolutely absurd. But that means at some point the upstates are, upsets are going to lurk. So is this the time for Wisconsin? I think 14 and a half is too many points. I understand that the projection models that I looked at my guy Stats of War, who's awesome. He's my Ken Palm of college football. Go follow him on Twitter. Basically projected it out that the Badgers lose 26 to 12. So pretty much an accurate spread. I just think that the Badgers are going to try to control the clock. I think that they know that this is a moment for them. This, they know that this is sort of their way to introduce the new era of Badger football. It's an NBC primetime crowd, loud as shit in Camp Randall. Another big game for Ohio State. Wisconsin has started slow all season and they cannot in this game. They have to punch Ohio State in the mouth early. They have to let Ohio State know that this is a fucking fight. They can't go down. If they go down early, like crowd interest is going to wane. People are going to be like, well, let's just go go out to get drunk, man. Like I want to hook up with the girl who's dressed like a slutty pirate. Like I want out, okay? Like you got to keep everybody in and know that this is going to be a bad. It's going to be cold. I think it's going to be in the 40s. Uh, it's not going to be, it's Big Ten football weather and it's going to be hard hitting. And we talked about the San Francisco effect with Minnesota. I do wonder, will Ohio State see some of those effects with Wisconsin? And could Wisconsin take advantage of that? Wisconsin has played two brutal games in a row with Illinois and Iowa. So both teams could be battered and bruised. But I, I do think that it works to Wisconsin's advantage that they're playing at home. And that the team, some of the guys on the team, including Braylon Allen, who mentioned how much personal he took the Illinois loss last year, he remembers getting shit canned by this team. This team absolutely blew them out and put 60 points on their ass. Told me that Braylon Allen doesn't remember that. This Ohio State offense is not gonna put 60 on this Badgers team, I can guarantee you that. I do get worried about Wisconsin's inability to keep explosive plays down, especially in their in their defensive backfield. That seems like it's just leading to Maserati Marv having a huge, huge night. Would not surprise me if Marvin Harrison has one or two big plays. But if you contain him to one or two big plays, you, you could still have a chance in this football game. And Wisconsin has been able to pull the upset on Ohio State in the past. This is not something... That is completely foreign to them. I think those teams like in Indiana, right? Or Rutgers or Maryland, where they've never done it before, they they get tight. They get they get kind of nervous. And then they they just don't exactly, you know, follow through and can't finish the deal. Cause all of a sudden they're they get real, real tight in that fourth quarter. And they're like, holy shit, we have a chance to beat Ohio State. A lot of and I understand that this is not the this is not the Badgers of old, but I do think that these guys are ready for this moment. I think that that Illinois game was a big turning point. I think the Iowa game was a bit of a wake-up call for them. And I contend, too, in that Iowa game, if Luke Fickle just takes the points early on in that game, I think that game is entirely different. I really do. And I think he screwed that up. And look, coaches screw things up all the time. So I am taking the Badgers to cover. I'm not going to lay the plus 485. Uh, which is the money line, which, hey, if you want to do that, if you believe in the Badger magic, you're going to the game, 
I do not blame you at all. I do not blame you for throwing 5 or $10 on that and just having yourself a fucking night. Because that would be a good time. You bring home $48.50 if you bet 10 bucks. Like that's, that's, that's a good little return on investment, right? So if you think that there's real magic in there, there there's worse ways to spend 5 or $10, okay? Uh, but I will definitely lay the 14 and a half. I'll buy the point to get it up to 15. And then I'll take the under. I actually feel better about the under at 46. I think that that has a real opportunity to hit. I just think this is, as I mentioned, like a very physical football game. Like this is not going to be a football game for the the week of heart. It's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be a lot of defense. And I just don't know how they get to 46 points. So I like the under a little bit better. I'm doubling up again. Uh, We did not, we got one out of two. I was like, I didn't understand why everybody was picking Illinois. Then once Illinois got up early, I was like, okay, I, I, I get it. Uh, but then the under actually didn't hit because Wisconsin got their last touchdown, which took us over the number of 41 as it ended at 46. I just think that there, which would be the number for this week. And I think that's a good number. I think that's a perfect number for this game. I actually see it going, actually, well, I could see about 42 points in this game would not surprise me. But yeah, I am, I'm on it for Wisconsin. I, I am worried a little bit about Braden Locke, but he seemed composed. He seemed ready to be in there. He took a lot of hits from Johnny Newton and Illinois' defense. Like, it's not going to be anything new that he sees from Ohio State. I think Braden Locke will be ready to go. Uh, Jim Knowles, great defensive coordinator. I'd expect him to have some tricks up his sleeves for Braden Locke, but we'll see how he does. And I, I don't think the Badgers... Best case scenario, they're trying to not have Braden Locke too much, and they're gonna have they're gonna rely on Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen's averaging 100 yards per game right now in in the Big Ten play. Uh, he's been incredible, and it's kind of been an under the radar season for Braylon Allen. I expect he had 29 carries in this the game against Illinois. I would expect something similar in the Ohio State game, even though game theory would tell you, oh, maybe you know if this is a blowout, you're not gonna see the same thing. I think they're gonna ride Braylon Allen. I think they're going to try to control the clock. It's more reason to like the under. And yeah, I, I think this is a very close game. I don't know if Wisconsin wins, but I, I still think that they this is close, like 21 to 17, something like that. Would it shock me if the Badgers win? I think it would, just given Ohio, how good Ohio State's defense has been. They've beat Notre Dame. They've beat Penn State. I think it would qualify as a shocker if they were to do that. They probably are a block on, Mon- on Monday. If that happened, I, I don't know. Are they a block? It would. It would have to. If the Packers lose, they're definitely a block. If the Packers win, then yeah, you gotta talk about the Packers. I feel like the Packers are always a block. I don't know if there's any way that the Badgers pull the Packers off the. That's good. That actually, that's like a nerdy Mitch question that Mitch and I nerd out about. Like that's something I can ask him uh, on tomorrow's show. All right, let's wrap up today's program with the Bucks lines since that game is tonight. So I do not know how much basketball we'll do on this program because number one, it is on Friday night, Fridays. There are usually NBA games. Bucks play a lot on Fridays. So we'll we'll occasionally talk about the Bucks um, and who they're playing in terms of a spread situation. But we probably will not talk about Marquette or Wisconsin. We might preview the games, but they don't usually have the spreads out until Friday afternoon or so. It's so weird that college basketball does this. It is the only sport that does it. I don't get it. 
I don't. It's never really been explained to me. I would you'd assume with how sports betting is today that you'd have the lines out and ready available for you. And if that changes, we will certainly talk about Marquette, Wisconsin, maybe UWM. You know, I, every now and again, you got to lay down a little Horizon League action just to feel something. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm definitely going to talk about the Bucks when we can. And we have a great opportunity as the Bucks play Sixers tonight. Uh, if, if this is our game has already been played, well, we'll see you see you for the next podcast. But for those who are listening on Thursday, the Bucks are six point favorites. Uh, the money line is minus two forty five, meaning you you don't get a great return if you're just betting the Bucks to win. And the over under is two twenty five for the Bucks and Sixers. I don't like any of this. <laughs> So I know that's not exactly what you want. But the Bucs and Sixers have played a lot of close games together. They've had a lot of wars together. There's no real trends that say, oh yeah, this is always an over matchup when these two teams get together. The Bucs have covered against the Sixers. No, it's been very back and forth. It's been a very fun regular season rivalry. The fact that we have not got this in the playoffs is an absolute calamity. Mostly because I think I want to laugh at Philly and I want to laugh at Joel Embiid. But I think this game is so hard to handicap for a hundred different reasons. Number one, we have no idea what the Bucks will look like with Giannis, Chris, Dame, Jay Crowder, Brooke Lopez, Malik Beat. Like everybody, it's, it's a brand new system with Adrian Griffin. We saw it a little bit in preseason. It looked good. The Bucks scored a decent amount of points. But how can we, how can we really trust it now that we're in the regular season? And then the same goes for the Philadelphia 76ers. They don't have James Harden. They're running Nick Nurse's system. Like, there's just, it's a lot of unknowns. Nick Nurse has done well against the Bucs in the past. So I, I just have a, more questions than I do answers for you guys, which I really feel bad about. Hopefully next week we'll, we'll have a better idea. I don't know if the Bucs play Friday or not next week. But I, I guess what I will say to look at it, I, I won't touch that six. That's six, no way. If it gets down to five, if it gets down to five or even four and a half, I might play it. I, I think that's where I, I'm like, okay, I think the Bucks can win. Six just feels like a lot of points. Feels like a Bucks blowout, right? Like, I just don't see that with the Sixers. It's always close between these two teams. And again, we had the whole PSA about not betting on your team, not betting against your teams. So we're not gonna recommend taking Sixers plus six which I think might be worse than all of them combined, honestly. Uh, but I, I just do not recommend the Bucks minus six. I, I just do not think it's it's a good move. Um, I don't think it's the right play. Uh, it just seems a little inflated. Um, so I'll be curious to see if it comes down. We're taping this midnight on 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 Friday, so or Thursday, excuse me. So we'll we'll see where where it trends. Uh, Two twenty five for the over under. <sighs> I was kind of looking at preseason a little bit just to get understand how this, these teams are scoring. I'm guessing this is going to be an under. That would be my play if I had to make if I had to make a play. If the gun was to my head and they're like, "You need to make a fucking play for this," I would tell you to take the under because I think that Adrian Griffin knows Nick Nurse's system. Nick Nurse knows knows what Adrian Griffin might do. I think you're going to see just two teams really feeling each out feeling each other out for probably three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, you're going to see, you know, all right, it's go time. And, that, and so that's where I would lean under. 
I could see the Bucks blowing out the, the Sixers. I don't see the Sixers blowing out the Bucks. That would be like, even though it's game one, I think I'd have to talk Mitch off a ledge uh, if that did happen. But I, I, I think if there is a blowout situation, usually that would trend under. You usually don't see blowouts go over. Uh, so I think that this is a great opportunity for the Bucks to obviously welcome themselves to the national media. Uh, Boston was able to escape a victory. They didn't cover. Uh, they pushed that spread of four. Porzingis had a big game. Everybody's going to come themselves about Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Uh, so congratulations on that. Uh, but it, it's an opportunity for the Bucks to light it up against the Sixers team that's kind of in turmoil. And we'll see how they handle it, right? Um, you know, obviously, it's Nurse's first game. He's at, he's on the road. Uh, I think, you know, just the distraction. I, I don't know if, like, the Eagles and the Phillies are distractions for the Sixers, but you, I, I'm just, I do think the Bucks are in a better position. That's probably why you see the six. One thing I did, I was ready to recommend, and then I, my book didn't allow it, and maybe yours will, is... You could take the Milwaukee Bucks minus the six, as well as the Buffalo Bills minus nine. We're nine and a half. He's getting up to nine and a half, which is crazy. Now that's almost gave the point of Baker doesn't play. That's a different story. But if Baker plays and it's nine and a half, you almost have to take the Bills or uh, the Buccaneers at that point. But taking the Bills down to three and the Bucks down to, I believe how basketball teases. I hate basketball teases would work. Would be one and a half. Like, do you really think the Bucs are going to only win by one? If they're going to win, like they'll probably win by two at least. And that'd probably be a profitable play for you. And you usually get that like minus 115 or something like that. Like I would look into something along those lines. I'd get funky with it there. Um, maybe you look at some player props. I, I would look maybe at a Giannis over. He usually gets up for Sixers games. He likes playing the Sixers. Uh, I haven't looked and saw what the numbers are. I can't. I, can probably pull that up real quick here let's see to have that available for for the people let's see if we have any any props that stand out so we get at least have one I, I think i said like i like the under six and a half now holy shit everyone's just hammering the bucks that is absolutely crazy let's see what the over under in points is Giannis is over under in points 27 and a half i kind of like that 27 and a half Ooh, i i like something better Middleton, 12 and a half points over. Take that. Lamb Malik Beasley, eight and a half over. Also really like that. So those would be my, probably my two props that I like. Uh, but yeah, that is where I'm going. I said under and take the take the two props, take the Middleton and the Beasley props. And I think you're you're living you're living large, hopefully. Um, and if you could get that tease in, I, I like that tease. I like it a little bit less now at six and a half. But man, I can't believe this keeps climbing. It's almost, is Embiid not gonna play? That'd be terrible for the league. I'd be terrible for everything. I'd hate that. Fucking, I swear to God, so many teams duck the box. I, I hope that's not the case. But regardless, we will be on after the game, Mitch and I uh, doing Tabby the Cag. We'll react immediately to Buck Sixers. And then we'll talk about the Packers. We'll talk about the Badgers. Uh, we'll probably do some baseball too. Uh, Craig Council, loaded show probably on deck. Uh, tomorrow we're, we're busy busy uh, but we will uh, we'll get it all in take care guys have yourself a great Thursday and we'll see you tomorrow take care bye